1: wall street to the white house this is the larry kudlow show
0: welcome back folks still larry kudlow here we welcome back to the show our mentor in all things foreign and military general jack Keane, retired four-star general chairman of the institute for the study of war fox news senior strategic analyst and presidential medal of freedom recipient uh general keen i know you're busy i saw you on uh, fox news earlier this morning but thank you for helping us out you know um general you told you warned me this was several weeks ago uh not to draw any conclusions from rumors emanating from so-called peace talks of what zelensky president zelensky would or would not agree to it's very interesting you said that and the reason i raised that again is not only were you right but I was terribly interested in his interview last night with Brett Baer on Fox News. Brett Baier is a very good newsman. And I want to go through some of the things that I think Zelensky said Get your take on it. But I'll begin with this. Uh, in, in response to a question, um, what do you hope to get out of this? Zelensky told Brett Baier victory is the only acceptable outcome. Victory is the only acceptable outcome. And General Keeney went on to say that we Ukrainians um, will not trade our territory or our sovereignty for something else. What do you make of that, sir?
1: Yeah, I I absolutely believe right from the outset that's always been his objective. I think early on people didn't take him too seriously because we all thought that the Russians were going to be a considerable overmatch uh, for him. But he has he really seized on the moment, and he's got some very good generals that work for him as well. Because where we are right now is that the, the Russians know full well that their objective to take the capital, Kiev, and the other major cities in the north has failed miserably. And that campaign in the north, they are retrograding some of those troops because they're, they are badly damaged, and those organizations are somewhat combat ineffective, not all of them but some of them they're gonna refit and reconstitute. Remains to be seen if they take if they reposition them someplace else. But given the damage that's been done to them, it's likely that that they would probably be because they're degraded, they would likely not be that decisive, even if they moved them into the eastern campaign. The only place where the Russians are now attacking is in the Donbass region where the two republics are mm. and the Ukrainians are, are defending well and obviously in Mario Paul, that is it. So what is going on in Zelensky's mind now, and what he envisioned at the outset, but we certainly didn't give him the credit that was due, is he wants to go on the offense and really begin to take sizable amount of territory back. He has done some limited counterattacks around Kyiv, Kherson, and Kharkiv, and has had some success, but he wants to do more. And to achieve that victory he's talking about, to crush the Russians and to push them out of the country. Now, listen, this is not a given. Uh, this is an opportunity that he has. And there's a chance that he could be successful. But listen, I'm never betting against Zelensky and uh, and, and his people. Uh, and this is why he's there's a little tug of war going on with the administration, Larry, because he's changed now. He wants the javelins and the stingers and the small arms and the rest of that to keep coming. But to do an offensive campaign that has some consequence to it, he's asking for more advanced weapon systems, long range, long and mid-range air defense systems, combat aircraft, yes, the MiGs, tanks, uh, other armored vehicles, counter-battery radar, all to be successful in that kind of a campaign. So that's his mindset. And give him a lot of credit for it, and I believe he's going to try to do the best he can to put together what in the military we call a counteroffensive campaign because the Russians, at least in the North, are, are back on their heels. And he knows full well that he can take advantage of them as they're trying to refit and, and, and reconstitute. So, yeah, he's seeking that uh, victory. And, I, and I've always questioned you know, whether the administration is on the same page with him uh, in achieving that victory or, or are they more inclined, which I think they are, To want to take get a deal as soon as possible even if that deal may be harmful to the ukrainians and the reason is because they don't want i don't think they want russia to be crushed and driven out of the country out of fear of what putin would do in reaction to something like that that he would escalate and i think the administration has a lot of concern and possibly fear in dealing with that but yes let's applaud zelensky in terms of, of of what he's trying to achieve, and certainly if he's able to take a lot more territory away from the Russians and diminish their presence considerably, but he's not able to get them all out of the country, when it does come to negotiations, Larry, he'll be in a, a in a much better place, mm. uh, you know, as a result of it.
0: Well, I've always suspected that the administration wants the standoff scenario not the victory scenario, the Ukrainian victory scenario. Um, me, in my own way, my certainly in my heart, but also in my mind, I want Russia to be defeated. I want Ukraine to win, period, full stop. But you mentioned, uh, Zelen- and Zelensky did in the Brett Baier interview, mention uh, make a plea for more advanced weapons. What do we know? Will the administration deliver these weapons? Because, you know, John, we still haven't, I mean, I haven't heard anybody uh, either Defense Department or State Department or the President himself sign off on those uh, Soviet MiGs in Poland or the S 300s in Slovakia uh, or even the um, advanced tanks. I haven't heard him say any of that.
1: Yeah, uh, well, Jan Saki yesterday mentioned that they are getting some tanks. And listen, these advanced weapon systems, this is much more difficult now for obvi- obviously these. These weapons are, are, and, and capabilities are much more sophisticated. They're more challenging to move around. You've got to go. We don't have a lot of that uh, in terms of what they want. We have to go to the former Soviet republics to try to get it. I'm not suggesting there's not challenges here, but there's huge opportunity here. And, and the thing that has frustrated me for weeks is that from the president on down, we have never, ever committed to Zelensky's goal of victory. Mm. We don't use those words. And, and if we're not using those words, then what's behind that? Uh, and and I, I totally agree with you. Uh, they would take a deal uh, in the near term uh, as opposed to sharing in Zelensky's uh, goal to drive the Russians out because of what the outcome of that could, could mean. Yeah, and it, this will be hard to get all this equipment, but it's it's doable. But you have to have the passion to want to do it and energize the bureaucracy to make it happen. And we'll see if the administration comes through here. But Zelensky, as late as that interview, you heard him expressing his frustration that he hasn't had those weapon systems yet that he wants. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get him those systems and also have a sense of urgency in, in, in getting them into his hands.
0: I don't see what the big deal, I still don't see what the big deal is about these Russian MiGs and the, and the S-300 stuff. I mean, gee whiz, I think that should have been done weeks ago. And the thing is, so I'm <laughs> in my own mind, I'm saying Zelensky or the Ukrainians have the Russians on the run. I, I mean, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but they sure have repelled them. I mean, the story is completely different today than it was a month ago in this, or five weeks ago, six weeks ago, when this Russian invasion started. And, you know, the mark, look, I served in the administ- uh, prior administration for three years. Uh, I know I'm an economics guy, but I did sit on the National Security Council. You know, the, the trick here, General Keene, is you well know, I mean, you know, you on the chiefs. You have to adjust. When 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 the story changes, you got to change. You have to adjust. You get the intel, the new information. I don't think we've. Ad- I don't think our gangs adjusted to this new reality I, on the I, ground.
1: I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, the the reality was this was only going to last three or five days. That's what our U.S. intelligence services told the Pentagon and told uh, President Biden and the White House what was what was going to happen, and obviously that was a flawed information for sure and this thing has turned around uh, somewhat to the ukrainian's favor and there's a huge opportunity here operationally and you've got to take advantage of that opportunity in war hmm. it may not come again the russians are back on their heels they're not running away but they they've been severely damaged and they're vulnerable and and <clears throat> vulnerable to an offensive campaign to to really push them back, and we've had some limited success in doing all of that. And and that's that's the concern I have that the United States and NATO are not there with Zelensky and his and the opportunity that's here operationally to take advantage of it and get all in and support him. I mean, look at the polls should have given them the airplanes. I think. Somebody in the Russian hierarchy likely called the president of, or one of, or the foreign minister in Poland and said, you do that, you're going to force us to act. And, and they, they should have hung up the phone and tell them, go to hell, and mm. given them the damn airplanes. That should have been the answer. Mm. Uh, and then they came up with the lame idea, because they didn't want to have – want they wanted to wash their hands of it. The polls said, well, look, it, we'll give them to the Americans on a NATO base and let them give them uh, to the uh, – to the Ukrainians because it's not us. Well, either we should have forced the Poles to do it by sweetening the deal a little bit for them, or we just should have had the Ukrainians come over to the NATO base and pick up the airplanes. Yeah. But yeah. Wh- why? What, w- what was the reason we didn't do that? It goes back to my basic premise that the administration from the beginning, before the war started and right to, while the war is being executed, is... <clears throat> unduly influenced by provoking Putin into adverse action yeah. and they i believe the russians threatened the united states and nato and if you give the ukrainians airplanes from a nato base you're going to force us to escalate mm. and again we should have hung up the phone mm. and gave the ukrainians the airplanes general king can, that,
0: can i can i take a quick commercial break come right back with you yeah sure yeah i would be terrific because i want to continue this and I want to also talk about um, what Zelensky said about NATO and also Russian <laughs> finances are doing better, not worse, six weeks into this. Anyway, we're talking to General Jack Keene. I'm Larry Kudlow. Quick commercial break. Come right back after that. Please stay with us, folks. Larry Kudlow.
1: Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show.
0: Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking to General Jack Keane, chairman of the uh, former sorry, for, former retired uh, four star general chairman of the Institute for the Study of War and Fox News senior strategic analyst. General Keane. I do want to jump in. This is a very interesting uh, article came out yesterday from Bloomberg. OK, Bloomberg economy. I'll just read you this first graph. For all the hardships visited on consumers at home and the financial chokehold put on the government from abroad, Bloomberg Economics expects Russia will earn nearly $321 billion from energy exports this year, an increase of more than a third from 2021. It's also on track for a record current account surplus, meaning more exports than imports. That may reach 240 billion. I mean, you know, we never sanctioned the energy companies. We never sanctioned the energy bank lenders. We never put on secondary banks that you know. You and I have talked about this sporadically. Um, They act. I mean, the Russian ruble has recovered. It's up 40 percent from the lows. It's pretty much the currency is pretty much back to where it was at the beginning of the invasion. We have not done our job, General Keane. That's my take. We, The Ukrainians, the brave Ukrainians and the gritty, the gritty Ukrainians are doing their job. I don't think the U.S. and NATO have done our job, done its job, because we have not stopped financing the Russian war machine. We haven't.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, President Zelensky said as much yesterday that, uh, you know, he thinks there's so much more that can be done with the sanctions. And and, and this, I think, was Putin's mindset from the outset Uh, when we were threatening sanctions. Of course, we didn't even impose them as a result of him showing up on Ukraine's border with 150,000 troops. We waited until after the invasion. But nonetheless, I think Putin always realized that at the end of the day, the thing that he is going to be able to count on is that uh, his oil and his gas is going to be able to flow. The Europeans are going to be the major consumers of it. And, and he's going to reap the financial benefits of that, despite the war in Ukraine. That the Europeans will not back off and <clears throat> and cut off the supply of oil, and oil and gas because of the hardships it would cause to their people and to the economy. He bet on that, and and he won that bet.
0: He did,
1: and that's that's just a fact. And and he, and, you know, he's been dismissive of sanctions in the past. Not, not that sanctions don't impact them and have had have had adverse effect. I think in 2014, he would admit he went into a recession as a result of the sanctions. But he believes, you know, at the end of the day, he can weather the storm, and he knows that we're heading uh, for some kind of uh, settlement uh, in Ukraine, political settlement, that he believes will be favorable to him if his military is able to achieve more than what it has. And then he believes at that point the sanctions are going to come off anyway. Mm. So, I mean, that—so I I don't think the sanctions— pose to him a major threat or impediment. But if we did what you've been saying since day one, Mm. if we stop the oil and gas and cut that off, then then we really have a full stop inside of Russia economically.
0: Yep. And we haven't done it and we let the banking system still operate. Even though we sanctioned a lot of Russian banks, we didn't sanction the energy banks, we didn't sanction the very biggest bank in Russia I mean, the U.S. Treasury has permitted American banks to facilitate the payment of interest on the debt for their sovereign bonds. Okay, no default. And by the way, default would be very harmful to Russia. Default would not right. be harmful to the world banking system because it's not there. They're not, It's not big enough. People talk about 2008. Nonsense. There's nothing remote about a meltdown just because of Russian bonds. What it would have done is just killed Putin, and Putin has obsessed about that. Anyway, before I lose you, I want to talk about another thing Zelensky said. He told Brett Bear that he wants to enter NATO, and he says – and this is such interesting uh, logic, General – that he thinks if Ukraine were in NATO, it would make NATO stronger. And I'm interested in your view on that one because I kind of agree. Yeah,
1: well, I would certainly agree with that. Uh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> what his military has been able to do is really quite extraordinary, and it, it's better than many of the militaries that are in NATO uh, right now that really don't have, have anywhere near the capacity that uh, that he has The the most capable military, certainly in NATO, is the United States. The second one is actually Turkey, followed by France and Britain, and Germany's way down uh, towards the towards the bottom. But the uh, Chancellor has turned that program around and is uh, actually doubling uh, their defenses. But yes, that certainly would be the case. I don't think it's achievable because the NATO members, uh, from the very beginning, when George Bush proposed it in 2008. That Georgia and and Ukraine come into NATO, Germany and France immediately objected, and that objection has been there uh, ever since. There's likely more of more other countries that are objecting to it, largely because of the intimidation of Russia. Mm-hmm. I mean that what that's what this has been all about, all of these years from 2008 to the to the present, and that's really what we're one of the things we're fighting over. I mean, really, Russia wants to own Ukraine that is the ultimate objective here for for sure. I don't see that happening where uh, Ukraine will eventually become become a part of NATO.
0: well he did say
1: not, not while Putin is in in, uh, in charge in Russia anyway
0: yes well he Zelensky did say also is kind of I interpreted it as a second choice that he wanted some kind of security agreement with NATO. Right. Now, of course, once upon a time, we had these Budapest agreements back in, I guess, 1994. Uh right. Is that right? Yeah, and Russia was a signatory to that, to protect the sovereignty of Ukraine, but of course, Putin's broken that. But uh, Zelensky said at, at least he wanted a security agreement uh, with the U.S. and the Western countries.
1: Yeah. See, he's saying two things, and, and I don't think both of them are achievable. He said he... He's willing to accept neutrality, which is one of the things that Russia would want from Ukraine as a concession. But he also wants to have military alliances with other countries to include the United States. You know, we have a, an alliance with Japan as an example to defend them. Just it's a bilateral alliance. We have an alliance with South Korea to defend them, another bilateral alliance. So that is what he's talking about. But you can't be, you can't be a neutral country and then also have military alliances with with other countries. Hmm. So I I don't see how he can get to both places at the same time. And that that would probably get clarified a little bit more as when when and if negotiations get started. Hmm. Um, Serious la- negotiations.
0: Last one. Um- Did Ukrainian bomb that uh, oil depot in Russia, in your judgment? And is this the beginning of a a really, um, well, you know, this counteroffensive you talked about earlier?
1: Well, I I suspect they did. I mean, in the interview, uh, he didn't confirm it or deny it. Mm. But he did point out, which gives credence to the fact that they did he did point out that it was a place where missiles had been fired from, mm. although what was hit was an oil de- depot uh, so i i'm I'm calculating that he did, but it, it's not decisive i it, it's not going to change the war. I think it was a statement being made that they can reach out and do damage inside of inside of Russia, but he's not going to conduct uh any kind of cross-border invasion into Russia with his ground forces. He's got all he can handle with the Russians that are inside of Ukraine and trying to defeat them and push them out. That'll be his focus.
0: Hmm. Well, we will see. We will see what happens next. General Jack Keane, you've been wonderful, as always, sir. All of our listeners, just like our viewers on the Fox Business Show, you've been terrific. And we'll see you next week for more updates. Folks, we're going to take a break and swing over and start doing some economic and stock market work on the other side. I mean, you know, you listen listen to what John King is saying. And really, really my takeaway, really my takeaway is it's high time the Biden administration decided that Ukraine can defend itself. They can be a sovereign country. We don't have to concede it to Russia. We don't have to have a standoff. You know, we have plenty of weapons to help them out with. We should help Zelensky. The guy's a world hero. Putin is a war criminal and a crook. I mean, really, I don't think the Biden administration has done its job. I do not. And I think that's a tragedy. But the great news is, The Ukrainians are a tough lot, and it sure seems like they want freedom. Anyway, we'll take a break. I'm Larry Kudlow. Lots of stock market work and jobs. Jobs are up big on the Friday report. We will be right back.